Coming up in this special edition of Jerusalem Dateline, Christians from around the world observing Holy Week in Israel, walking where Jesus walked during the days before his crucifixion. Plus, how sweet and pleasant it is when brothers study the Bible together in the halls of Israel's parliament. And new revelations emerge about the Shroud of Turin, thanks to digital technology. All this and more coming up on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. Christians are kicking off Easter celebrations in the Holy Land. Thousands from around the globe marched through Jerusalem to mark Palm Sunday. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey before his death, the faithful paraded from the Mount of Olives to the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, the site many believe to be where Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected. In Bethlehem, Palestinian Arab Christians also marked the beginning of Holy Week with a special Palm Sunday Mass. The celebrations will continue this week with Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Well, Jews across the globe are also preparing to celebrate Passover when God delivered the Jewish people out of slavery in Egypt. In Israel, thousands mark a pilgrimage to the Western Wall in Jerusalem. Here, visitors often place written prayers in the cracks between the stones. Have you ever wondered what happens when no more prayers will fit in those crevices? Take a look. 12 million people visited the Western Wall this year. The Western Wall is part of the retaining wall built by King Herod 2,000 years ago around the Temple Mount. When King Solomon dedicated the first temple, God said that his eyes and heart would always be here. In this place, according to Jewish tradition, all the prayers of every person in the world go up from here. Here, the gates of heaven are open and Jews and non-Jews from the land or from the diaspora put their requests here by means of notes that they inserted between the stones of the Western Wall. If Jews and those of other faiths can't make it to the Kotel, as it's called in Hebrew, they send their requests via post office, email, or text. So what happens when the cracks get too full? Twice a year, workmen come to remove the old prayer slips to make room for the new. The workers use only their bare hands or wooden sticks to remove the notes because the Bible says no tools of iron are allowed in the temple. Pulling out the notes is only part of the story. According to Jewish religious practice, it's forbidden to destroy anything on which the name of God is written. That means these little prayer slips are treated with the same respect as worn or damaged tourist scrolls and prayer books. So the notes are bundled in bags and later buried in the cemetery on the Mount of Olives. Western Wall Rabbi Shmuel Rabinowitz says no one reads the papers because they're meant for the Creator. Of course we pray. We ask from the Creator of the world that He hears their requests, that He hears their prayers, and fulfill all the yearnings of their hearts for good. Ahead of Rosh Hashanah, the traditional Jewish New Year, Rabinowitz says it's time to put the hardships of the past year behind us and to look forward to the blessings of the coming year. Recently, Jewish and Christian leaders gathered at Israel's parliament, the Knesset, they discussed how the Bible says the law of the Lord will come out of Jerusalem. The gathering came to discuss an important verse from the Hebrew Scriptures. It says in Micah chapter 4, verse 2, For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And to understand that the Torah and the word of Hashem does not belong to the Jewish people. It's the word of Hashem to all nations. 
and we heard different implementations, different impacts of the word to different people from different countries and how they connect and how the light of Hashem goes out from Jerusalem. This meeting represented the seventh Knesset Bible study, an idea birthed between Rabbi Yehuda Glick and Jim and Rosemary Garlow. In our first one, I came out of that first one feeling the way, best way I can say it, there was a smile on the face of God. There was something extraordinary about each one of them we've had here. It was so meaningful to be at this location, in this city, talking about the very passage that Yehuda Glick assigned to us today. Two Knesset members, one from the coalition and one from the opposition, came to address the gathering. The Bible is the core and the base of our identity and of all Western civilization. Therefore, we all need to strengthen and to deeper our relation, connection, and knowledge with the Bible. I would like to say, first of all, thank you for the support to Israel. Thank you for the commitment to the state of Israel. Thank you for keeping this partnership. Today was so important because um, it was a time for the Knesset members, um, the uh, rabbis and the Christian leaders to come together and study the word of God. And it was in the capital of Jerusalem. It was just beautiful. Bishop Glenn Plummer brought an announcement bringing a practical application to the scripture. Today, we announce here in the Knesset the launching of the World Stage Television Network. On the day of Pentecost, actually, May the 28th, we will launch a network that will have aggregated several Christian networks together on an OTT platform with linear networks to, uh, to the nations of the world. The message I wanted to bring today is that uh, there is hope, that the word of God is a promise, and if we keep the word of God, we will see it and we will have a better future as nations of the world. Coming up, retracing the footsteps of Jesus. We give you a special look at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Attacks on Jewish lives, communities, and synagogues. The Jewish nation has survived war. I was so scared. Terrorism. And so my husband covered in blood. And waves of anti-Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. Now is the time to defend Israel's basic right to exist. And you can do that through CBN Israel. When you send a gift to the Jewish people through CBN Israel, you are giving humanitarian aid to Israelis in need. And at the same time, you are providing news coverage and documentaries that reveal what is really happening in Jerusalem and the Middle East. Attacks against Israel are ongoing. The need is urgent, and you can help. Call 1-800-813-8734. Go to cbn.com slash standwithisrael or text CBN Israel to 41444. Download the CBN News app 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. This Easter, spend time reflecting on Jesus' final week. In CBN's free devotional, The Hope for Redemption, you'll follow his path to Jerusalem 
Observe his last Passover meal. Gain insight to his agony at Gethsemane. Witness his crucifixion and encounter the empty tomb. This Easter, realize afresh that he is risen. Get your free copy today. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Easter devotion. We all know the Easter story well from what the Gospels tell us of that earth-shattering week. Jesus came to Jerusalem, was crucified on a cross, and resurrected from, resurrected from a garden tomb. But our Paul Strand, a newcomer to Israel, recently saw those sites for the first time and reports on what he experienced. I moved here to Israel not long ago and thought it'd be interesting to experience Easter by visiting the places where Jesus lived, died, and rose again. The Easter week began at Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. There, he mounted a young donkey to fulfill Zechariah 9.9. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey. And on this day we call Palm Sunday, Matthew tells us, as Christ reportedly rode on this route, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! But there are always critics and killjoys. Luke tells us some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Christ then entered Jerusalem triumphantly, though he soon began to raise a ruckus. This might be one of the areas near the temple where Jesus threw over the money changers' tables, saying, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And Mark tells us it was then that the religious leaders began to look for a way to kill him. Why? Because he was threatening a way of life that had made them wealthy. Several days later, for the Last Supper, Christ came to a room said to have been on this site, Breaking the bread and pouring the wine here with his disciples, he gave us communion, which we still take today. Jesus and the disciples then returned to the Mount of Olives, where he told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and all the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Then in the Garden of Gethsemane he admitted, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He went alone to pray that this cup might pass from him, and he sweat tears of blood, a condition that supposedly only happens to those who know they are about to die. Then Jesus appeared with an armed crowd and betrayed him with a kiss, and all his disciples fled and deserted him, just as he prophesied. Back in Jerusalem at a courtyard, some say this one, Pontius Pilate tried to save Jesus, but caved into a mob whipped up by the high priest into shouting, crucify him, crucify him. This is the Via Dolorosa, which marks Christ's tortured last walk the next day. So weakened from beatings, he fell beneath the weight of his cross. Some say that led to this area, where the Church of the Holy Sepulchre has reportedly covered Golgotha, the place where Christ was crucified. Others point to this hill outside the old city, where many see a skull in the rock, and Golgotha does mean the place of the skull. You can make it out a whole lot better in these photos taken long, long ago. Skull Hill is also next to a garden with a tomb built into a wall. So this might well be the place where female followers of Christ showed up on Easter morning, only to be told by an angel. Do not be afraid. You come seeking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. But he is not here, for he is risen. In all the controversy about whether these or those are the actual spots where Jesus was, I've learned if you'll tune all that out and tune into the Holy Spirit, you'll feel how real all these events in Christ's last days were and that they really did take place right here in this city. 
And in the hubbub of daily life, where buses jam up against Skull Hill, where the Via Dolorosa is packed with people too distracted to think about God, I've come to appreciate all the more how vast his sacrifice to come down from glory into this world and love all these people too busy to notice him. And he died to save each and every one. After his resurrection, Christ was seen off and on by people for the next 40 days. And then many believe ascended from this side on the Mount of Olives, the same mountain where the Bible says he'll return in might and majesty. As Matthew says of those days, they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. The story's not over yet. Paul Strand, CBN News, reporting from the Mount of Olives. Coming up, Christ's final words on the cross, a powerful psalm linking King David to King Jesus. Now, for a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. The historic bonds between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Jerusalem is yours forever. Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help. Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us dreams. And that's really the roots, I think, of, of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history. Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story? This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years. And to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us region. What is this? That is a gold nugget. <gasps> so what else are you going to spend it on, Rig? What a day this has been. And to think, it all started by helping Professor Fern with food for the orphanage. I forgot about the orphanage. Join the CBN Animation Club and get Gizmo Go, Rig of the West, plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as a bonus, receive the Superbook Easter double feature, which includes The Last Supper and He is Risen. Did you know Jesus quoted the start of a psalm word for word when he was near death on the cross? That same psalm describes how his hands and feet would be pierced and gave more specifics about Christ's crucifixion. Paul Strand reports on how seeing all this can take your faith from shaky to sure. Some believe Jesus was crucified at the base of the hill behind me, now home to a bus parking lot here in Jerusalem. Well, 2,000 years ago when Jesus was hanging on a cross there, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When as a new Christian, I read that, it really shook my faith because it kind of sounded like Jesus was losing his. Well, when you find out what's actually going on with those words, rather than shake your faith, it may well supercharge it. Jesus was quoting Psalm 22, verse one, word for word. While he could hardly breathe up on the cross, with those few words he was saying, go read Psalm 22. 
Since it was written a thousand years before Christ's birth and also before crucifixion was invented, Psalm 22 is an amazing prophetic look at exactly what would happen that historic crucifixion day down to the tiny details. I went through it verse by verse with Bishop Mark Pierce of Baltimore, Maryland's Rock City Church. First off, Jesus knew he wasn't being forsaken. He volunteered to make this blood sacrifice because as a pure lamb of God, he was the only one who could take away the sins of all mankind by shedding his perfect blood for them. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It's the purest lamb there's ever been. There was no pure blood than his blood. But because a holy God can't be in the presence of sin. That he was turning his face because he couldn't look at sin. King David describes Christ on the cross declaring, I cry out by day, but you do not answer, by night, and am not silent. Pierce points out how Christ was crying out from the cross, both in the day and night, as God turned the world dark for three hours. Well, when darkness came on the earth, it says, and there was thundering and lightning and the earth shook. Verse 12 says, strong bowls of Bashan encircle me. That's likely symbolic talk for the beefy bull-like Roman soldiers who tortured Jesus and nailed him to the cross. By the way, when it says strong bulls encircle me, the phrase is better translated crown me. Remember, it was the Roman soldiers who jammed a crown of thorns onto Jesus's head. Jews in that day referred to Gentiles as dogs. And verse 16 says, dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. Psalms 22, a thousand years in advance, perfectly describes Roman Gentiles nailing Christ's hands and feet to the cross. Before that was ever even thought about. Verse 18 says, they divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. King David prophetically describes the Romans both dividing and casting lots for Christ's garments. And his description of the agony caused by crucifixion is eerily accurate. Verse 14, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me. All your liquids run out of your body and they go to your feet. Verse 15, my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. He would have become so parched of mouth, he was losing his liquids in his body. Verses 7 and 8 say, All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Then listen to how Matthew 27 describes what actually happened. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads. And the elders mocked him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him. David had a divine revelation. And you can no longer, once you read uh, Psalm 22, you cannot separate it from the crucifixion. Verses 30 and 31 conclude the psalm by describing a faith going on into the ages, saying future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. And Pierce shares how the psalm delivers a final surprising revelation. So it says there in the Amplified, that last statement in verse 31, it doesn't say it, it's done. It says the word, it is finished. And that's the very word that Jesus used, it is finished. So Jesus on the cross said the exact first words of Psalm 22, and his final words were the exact last words of that Psalm. He was definitely pointing us to this amazing thousand-year-old prophecy about his death and its eternal results. Paul Strand, CBN News, Jerusalem. Still ahead, the Shroud of Turin. Could it really be the burial cloth of Christ? New scientific evidence could help solve the mystery.
Orphans Promise is committed to loving and serving at-risk children, to helping keep families together, and to creating opportunities for strong and sustainable communities around the world. We're working in over 60 countries around the world, and with your help, we can do even more. There's an old African proverb I love that says, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run together. At Orphan's Promise, we want to run far so we can touch the lives of as many orphaned and vulnerable children as possible. But we don't want to go alone. We're out to change the world, one child, one family, one community at a time. Will you join us? home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern Gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel, now available at CBNRadio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning. Get your daily quick start from CBN News. A quick read on the important news of the day delivered right to your inbox. Stay current on breaking news, politics, and entertainment. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Plus, get exclusive stories and daily scripture encouragement just for you. Stay informed. Go to quickstart.news and subscribe today. The burial cloth of Jesus or a medieval forgery? The Shroud of Turin has generated controversy for hundreds of years. Now, as CBN's Gabe LaMonica explains, scientific evidence gives credence to the Shroud's authenticity. This is the story of a piece of cloth. Seen here rescued from a fire over two decades ago, surviving just the latest in a series of perils across a journey through history. The first gaze upon this mysterious relic resembles a Rorschach's test of damage dating back hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Zoom in a little closer, though. The stains are real blood. And the faint image of a tortured, crucified man comes into focus. Typical medieval Portrayals of the crucifixion show the nails in the palms, but the palms wouldn't support the weight of the body. Look longer, and the serene face of that man becomes clear. It seems so peaceful in comparison to the violence that you see uh, all over the, the rest of the body. Brian Hyland is an exhibit curator at the Museum of the Bible. There have been questions about the veracity of this image uh, ever since its first documented uh, appearance in the late 14th century. In 1988, carbon testing dated the shroud back to medieval times. That test has repeatedly been called into question by various experts. The only single sample they took did not represent anywhere else on that cloth because it had been manipulated. Now, a new scientific procedure dates fabric from the shroud to roughly 2,000 years ago. That Italian study is just the latest in a long series of scientific testing 
including studies of pollen plucked from the shroud with this scientific tape dispenser. The pollen samples that were uh, gathered, they, uh, a lot of them are from plants that are native to not just uh, the Middle East, but specifically the area around Judea, Palestine, uh, and uh, Syria, as it was in that time period. Um, there's also pollen uh, from the area around uh, Constantinople. There's a lot of pollen from Europe. The pollen samples suggest a journey of thousands of miles from Jerusalem through modern-day Turkey and France and now Italy, where the artifact has been kept since the 16th century. Some say the cloth housed in the Turin Cathedral is a vessel for human blood and therefore may be nothing less than the Holy Grail. When you realize that the cloth is a vessel that's containing... Christ's blood. I mean, there it is. And it is blood. And not only is it blood, it's type AB, which is the type that's consistent with Palestinian Jews. Still others call this bit of linen a forgery by none other than Leonardo da Vinci. We're saying it's a 500-year-old photograph by Leonardo da Vinci. And if that doesn't sound crazy <laughs> enough, we're saying it's a 500-year-old photograph of Leonardo da Vinci because he used his own face as the model, because that's the kind of thing he did. Authors Clive Prince and Lynn Picknett even put together their own experiments in an attempt to replicate the religious relic using a bust of the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius and comparing da Vinci's disputed Salvatore Mundi painting to the image on the shroud. I'm no expert, but the shroud was being publicly shown 100 years before da Vinci was born. He was a good artist, but it wasn't that good. Barry Schwartz is a Jewish photographer based in Colorado who was called upon to photograph the shroud in the 70s. I was biased against it. And I even said somewhere along the line to somebody that, yeah, hey, you know, we'll get to Turin, we'll give us five minutes, we'll find the paint, we'll come home, we'll be done. Yeah, it's 44 years later. <laughs> there was no paint, and it's not a painting or an artwork. No brush strokes, and another mystery. It's 3D. Scientists using an image analyzer revealed decades ago that the lights and darks of the shroud image translate into dimensional shapes. A normal photograph records only variations in light and does not record information about the distance the camera was from the subject. Now we'll put a picture of the shroud under the camera. This image is clearly recognizable. This can only be explained if the intensity levels of the shroud image itself are encoded with distance information from the cloth to the body. Now, British filmmaker David Rolfe is out with his fourth film, Who Can He Be?, investigating the Shroud of Turin, using the latest tech to digitally extract data encoded in the fabric revealing a three-dimensional model of a man. We can see what I believe to be the body of the crucified Jesus in front of us on a piece of cloth, whereby the only way that that image could have got onto that cloth is a miraculous one, a miracle that emanated from the body uh, with unbelievable amounts of energy but with an infinitesimally short space of time. No matter the evidence, the Shroud of Turin may always remain a mystery. 
But for many, this mirror of the gospel, as Pope John Paul II called it, connects them to the divine. Gabe LaMonica, CBN News, Washington. Well, that's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember to catch us daily on Facebook Live as we walk in the footsteps of Jesus during Holy Week. You can follow us on social media and also access CBN content through our CBN News and other CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blasts. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.